And I really feel like when you're authentic and you, and you do it the right way, you don't have to market that. And that sometimes is a little frustrating for me as a marketer and why I feel like a lot of times diversity is a campaign for brands and not a true testament of their day-to-day is because it just is. That's a great point. Yeah, it's just too broadcasted that, hey, now I have something for you or, hey, look what I did for you. And it's like, just do it. You don't have to, you don't have to try to get credit for something if you're doing it already. People will recognize that you're doing it. And that's kind of been my experience so far with the brand. And, and the same goes for, for non-women of color. I just feel like our branding comes across very authentic and inclusive. Welcome to the Glam and Grow podcast. I'm your host, Takara Suet, head of partnerships at Wavebreak. On this show, we talk with leaders of beauty, fashion, and lifestyle brands. We dive into their stories, lessons learned, and perspectives on how the industry is ever evolving. Subscribe and join us each week as we glam and grow. This episode is brought to you by Wavebreak. Most brands don't email right and it costs them. With ad costs getting more and more expensive, a world-class email and SMS program is essential. This is why Wavebreak exists. We're the premier email and SMS marketing agency that helps brands take their retention programs to the next level. If you want to learn more about partnering with us and how we can help, schedule a call with me today at wavebreak.co slash call. Joining me today on the show is Tisha Thompson, CEO of LYS Beauty. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. So for those of you who are not familiar with LYS and yourself, please tell me everything. So I actually started the industry over 18 years ago as a makeup artist. And I started LYS Beauty, actually. Um, It stands for Love Yourself, just a year ago, ironically. So boy, how time flies. But, you know, my kind of initial reasoning for starting the brand is because over the, you know, almost two decades of my career, I really saw an opportunity to focus on an an audience and a community that I felt were totally unrepresented. I did not see myself um, in the very campaigns that I was really tasked to do as an executive in the beauty space. And so I wanted to make a change. And so, you know, with my experience in clean beauty, my mission with LYS is to diversify the clean beauty space. Amazing. So you've made a lot of traction in a year. So tell me, were you working on this on the side initially while you still still were in your previous role or like what was the first step? Yeah, you know, it's 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 interesting because I spent a decade, a little over a decade with um, working under my mentor and building brands. Um, and, you know, he's always kind of known this has been my passion and dream. And I was so fortunate enough to really be able to have a conversation with him. I think it was like over dinner back in 2017 when it was like, you know, this is this is what I really want to do um, long term. And that was, you know, well over 10, 12 years being, you know, um, with his company and building the brand. And, and I think it was always kind of this appreciation for, you know, my passion and building my dream. And so that was like an initial conversation back in 2017 was like, I just want to let you know, like, this is what I want to do. And this is my vision and dream. And so I always kind of like 
kept, you know, inspiration. I, I, you know, made mood boards and always kind of toyed with names and all sorts of different things. And, and so it was always something I kind of always worked on kind of as a side thing subliminally, as well as just little things here and there. And like, oh, if I do my brand, it'll be this. So I think that concepting really for me started in 2017 when I was still working at my previous role. And then 2019 happened, which was a major launch that I had owned, developed, concepted, and launched um, from our previous role, um, where we launched 100 Shades in the Industry. Um, a foundation. And during that process, it really became this like nurturing and this evident moment for me to like full circle to be like, I literally did this, my, you know, obviously I had a team, but I led the team. I concepted this, I created this and it gave me the confidence, right. To be like, I can do it because before it was just a dream. It was just a, it's just a thought process. It was never something I thought I could actually do. And, you know, when I had the conversation in, in 2019, um, it was really more tangible to say, you know, I, I'm ready now is the time. And he supported that vision and dream. And, and I just said, you know, next year was, will be my last year and I'm going to, you know, step away. And, and so, yeah, I did, I did have, you know, the opportunity to really, you know, finesse and, and brainstorm and business plan and all that stuff kind of on the side, but didn't really fully action things until a little later in the process. But but yeah, it was it was definitely with the support of my previous boss and mentor who I had articulated very clearly years ago that this was this was my goal. And it's so awesome that he he was like supportive and not like you need to leave. You you can't work here anymore. You're going to be a competitor because I know it's 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 you know, crazy as it is, I know people who have bosses that way, that like that or who have well, I mean, like, there's nothing worse than losing like you know, incredible talent. So I could understand that. Yeah. They're like, Oh my God, the minute I started my company or the minute I talked about starting my own company, my boss let me go. And I've heard, I've heard horror stories. So I am just extremely fortunate to have had such an amazing support team behind me, honestly. That's amazing. So like I said, you scaled very quickly, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. So did you, did you go to the manufacturers you were speaking to in regards to the other brand or like, do you feel like you kind of were ahead of the game because of that knowledge? Yeah, I feel like since I, you know, my role previous to, you know, stepping away, my role has always been really predominantly product development and marketing. So I have spent over a decade really working with suppliers. So my network and the list of people that I had cultivated over the last 10 years is so wide and vast. You know, you know, pre-pandemic, I went to every beauty show, you know, I went, you know, to Cosmoprof in Asia. Like I traveled the circuit really being in front of the top developers, formulators, and packaging suppliers for 10 years. So I had really developed so many relationships, right? And you 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 spend so much time um, with you know suppliers and things, you go to dinners and all these things. So they knew me personally and 
And so when it was time for me to make a switch, I mean, and do my own thing, I already knew who my core suppliers were going to be. And it was just a phone call. It was like, hey, I need your help. I'm, I'm going to start my, my own business. And they were like, oh, we're on board. So it was very easy for me because, you know, of course, I came with such deep knowledge in that space before stepping away. And that was a big, has been a big part of my success, I think, and a big part of, you know, um, what gave me the confidence to step away because, you know, spending 15 years as as an executive in the beauty industry, there's nothing, I don't want to say nothing, but there's very little that I haven't seen or been exposed to. And so for me, it was like boot camp, right? Like I, I mean, from packing boxes in a warehouse and understanding logistics, you know, dealing with supply chain and demand and understanding product development and marketing, and then having a finance background, which is how I initially even got into the space. I just, I literally had seen the full spectrum. And so I think that just having that experience out of the gate really helped me to be able to step away and say, okay, I know all the blocking and tackling and what it takes to get it done. Now it's, it's a matter of execution. And that's, then it became, you know, you know, just putting it to action basically. Yeah. Yeah. And execution of course is always, is always the key. So the product development process for you must've been pretty quick. I would imagine. You know, I, it took me about, a year to finalize everything. The foundation took a little longer just because that's just my experience is complexion. It's what my vision long-term will be for my brand is to focus on skin. And so to get that right, it takes a lot of time. And, you know, I'm very big on, you know, focusing on complexion, shade ranges, undertones, like that's a, a big, big thing for me. So in terms of developing um, shade ranges that took a little time because I wanted to make sure we, we did it right. And we were able to deliver on that promise because, you know, my whole goal was to, you know, make clean beauty more diverse because I really honestly felt like the brands in the clean space at that time didn't have the shade ranges. And if they did have the shade, have the shade ranges, they weren't done well. And they were, I don't want to say an afterthought, but typically they were added to the line later. Most of the ones that are are well known didn't necessarily launch with the deep shade ranges out of the gate. And so for me as a brand, you know, I want women of color to be a part of the initial process. I want to be a part of the testing process. I want to be a part of the, the, the experimentation and the creation of the products, because, you know, it's, it's very important that everyone feel represented from the jump and not an afterthought. And so that's really how we approach clean. And we, we utilize all skin tones from the, from the onset of product creation. So when I'm testing, for example, a concealer or a foundation or a, a serum, I'm testing it on all skin tone ranges, not just fair. And then, you know, introducing later the deeper shades to say it also works for you, but you know, we figure that out later or something like that. We want them to be a part of that process and offer their feedback very early on. Yeah. I mean, I think it's great that, you know, brands are are adding these, these shades, but I completely hear what you're saying. Do, do you think you've been able to communicate that messaging to, you know, your customers or potential customers? You know what's interesting? A lot of I have had this question a couple of times before. I think what has worked really nicely for 
us as a brand and me being a founder um, and being a woman of color, that credibility is kind of already built in. Like I don't, I definitely shared that commentary that I just spoke to, but I don't necessarily have to say like, I kept you in mind because it's very, it's very obvious and well-known right from the, from the onset, right? Like we have women of color, we have plus size women, we have, you know, very diverse um, shade ranges in all of our marketing. You know, we, we advertise and promote our women of color, honestly, probably more than, than not, you know, our Instagram is very prominent. Our, our shade ranges and how we, you know, merchandise our, our shades also kind of showcase that in a more prominent way. So I, and then me being a, a black woman as a founder, I don't think I have to scream it. Hey, I created products for women of color. Like, I think there's just this initial, just expectation and credibility because we just did it. And I really feel like when you're authentic and you, and you do it the right way, you don't have to market that. And that sometimes is a little frustrating for me as a marketer and why I feel like a lot of times diversity is a campaign for brands and not a true testament of their day-to-day is because it oh, just that's, is- That's a great point. Yeah, it's just too broadcasted that, hey, now I have something for you or, hey, look what I did for you. And it's like- just do it. You don't have to, you don't have to try to get credit for something. If you're doing it already, people will recognize that you're doing it. And that's kind of been my experience so far with the brand. And, and the same goes for, for non-women of color. I just feel like our branding comes across very authentic and inclusive. Um, we just didn't leave us anyone out from the onset, like we included everyone to start. And so I, you know, we look at the numbers all the time and honestly, we have a very diverse, you know, group of shade ranges and tones that people purchase our brand. It's not just women of color. We have so many supportive consumers for the brand. And so that is a really, to me, a true testament that we're doing it the right way. We don't necessarily have to try to get credit for something. We're just doing the right thing to start. I love that. And another yeah. way you're really doing the right thing is the value. So each product is under $30. So you're also not leaving anyone out from a financial perspective. You know, some of these brands, like the cost of a foundation is like, you know, $70 plus in some instances, it's gotten extremely expensive. So how are you able to, to offer such highly affordable products for such great value? Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. We always say like, our goal is to like break through your insecurities and build your confidence, not break your wallet. And I really, truly think that there's so much that can be done. And I know so many other brands, I'm not, I'm not professing to have come in and, and done, been the first to, to do this and done the very best in adding value. But but I do think those mid-marketers at Mastige price point, um, we all have really sharpened our pencils, really gone to our suppliers and our relationships to really get them on board with our mission and and really be able to provide, you know, clean products at an affordable price. And that was for me, the, that was the mandate. Like it was the requirement when I, you know, first did my RFPs with, with my suppliers. It's like, this is my cost of goods. This is what I want. I want a filet mignon on a cheeseburger budget. What do you, what, like, <laughs> what can you do? 
what do you like? Are you going to be in this with me or not? If not, I got 10 other suppliers I can call right now. And one of them are going to say yes. And that's exactly the process, right? It's, you know, everything is a negotiation. Everything is a partnership, but there's always a way. I'm one of those founders who I, I just, if, if I don't really know the word no. It's not in my vocabulary. I feel like there's always- I wouldn't say no to you. (laughs) Within reason, right? Like we have to be realistic, but but still like there, there's always a way. And so- Especially when you're background, like like you'd come, like, you know exactly what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Yeah. I think get what you want. (laughs) And I, and I know where to cut back on waste. I know where to try to streamline things. I know how to cut lead time. So I just know enough to be extremely dangerous. And so I think like it allows me, yeah, it allows me to be able to, um, and, you know, listen, you know, and we may not take as high of a margin as, you know, some of the premium brands and that's, that's a real life fact and that's okay too. You know, yeah, we have to make money. We have to make, you know, reasonable margins to operate, but I'm not trying to be greedy here. At the end of the day, I want to create a legacy and build um, a community. And I want to give people access to the very thing they deserve, which is, which is healthy skin, wellness, and really products that make them feel represented and beautiful. So, um, so that, you know, is, you know, is something that does, is required as well as a, as a brand. Um, and it's a decision to make as well. It's like, yeah, our margins may not be as fat as some of the premium brands either, but you know, that's the goal. That's our mission. Uh, you know, we want to be, you know, this aspirational brand that people can attain. And, and so that if that's our sacrifice and what we have to, to that's our skin in the game, that's our skin in the game. Yeah. Yeah. If you're an e-commerce marketer, you're always looking to bring in new audiences, engage your customers on a personal level, and grow your revenue month over month, year over year. But let's be honest, it's getting way harder. So what can you do to help ease these headaches? Say hello to Attentive, the personalized text message marketing platform proven by over 4,000 brands built to help you connect with customers via real-time, one-on-one conversations. With Attentive, you can deliver those magical customer experiences you've always dreamed of and turn those interactions into lasting brand loyalty and recurring revenue. Plus, Attentive's integrations with email providers, loyalty programs, and more mean you can use customer insights across all of your marketing channels. Pioneering brands like CB2, Pura Vida, and Coach have driven over 20% of their total online revenue using Attentive. And you too can turn SMS into one of your top three revenue channels in just a few months. Visit attentivemobile.com slash wavebreak to learn how you can try it for free. Let's talk about packaging because I, I, I find the packaging very interesting. It's shaped in a triangle if you haven't seen it. So, so tell me the inspiration for the packaging. And I think it's great because it really stands out. Yes. Yeah, so the packaging, uh, everything's a triangle shape, um, which the triangle is the delta symbol. And the delta symbol means change. And, you know, when I was concepting everything from the start, I mean, I had gone through so many different packaging ideas and concepts and colors and stuff. And then, um, you know, a triangle package kind of came across my, 
my desk in an exploratory package one day. And I go, hmm, you know, and then I'd asked a couple members of my team at the time. And they're like, I don't really know. It's just odd, you know, and it was like when you really think about it, it's very unique for the space, especially across everything in the brand, um, which is a whole nother challenge in itself. But I wanted to be unique, but I loved what it stood for. And for me, there's, there's this kind of this personal connection to change. Like I'm a Delta, um, I I'm in Delta Sigma Theta sorority. And so like just that whole notion of like the whole concept of change and being, you know, you know, very vocal and verbal and putting the changes in the the things that you want to see to action, whether it be, you know, from a social perspective, whether it be from a, you know, charitable perspective, whether it be in business, your personal life, like, like if you want to make a change about something, you put it into action, you put the the very things in, in motion to do so. And so there was already this personal connection to change for me anyway, and that Delta symbol anyway. So when I really started to just brainstorm a little bit more and think about it, you know, I started to really put it into the context of what it meant to the brand and wanting to be, you know, this whole concept of changing clean beauty, changing the standard of beauty that exists, also changing this internal, you know, Um, struggle I had with myself and my own mental angst about, you know, how I, you know, was being viewed or felt like I was being viewed in in terms of beauty. And so changing my own mindset of how I saw, saw things and saw myself. And so that's where I said, you know, just the word change and the whole mission behind everything just works so well with what I want to do with this brand. And then that kind of also led to the name, which is, you know, I I abbreviated love yourself because I just thought it was way too long and not as um, modern. And so I just, you know, you know, shortened it to LYS as an abbreviation, but then, you know, it just has, you know, it's full meaning of what it stands for. So yeah, I, I really wanted everything about the brand to have meaning because this is such a passionate project for me. You know, I don't share it a lot, but like I, I made the leap in 2019, the very thing that, that made that decision for me, what flipped the switch is I lost my father abruptly to a heart attack. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll never forget that 8am morning call changed my life forever. And so that for me was a big moment to really just, you know, do things with intention. And, and so everything that I do, I honestly wanted to have purpose and meaning and really fulfill all of those, those elements that, that I kind of have dreamed about. And, and it's like, you only live once and when it's gone, it's gone and you can't control when you're, when you go. So while you're here, be intentional, be impactful and do what makes you happy. Um, and so, you know, everything about the brand is that, you know, all the shade names are, are that, you know, the product um, packaging, the formulations, like everything's intentional mm-hmm. and just has just so much meaning, honestly. Um, and and I, I wouldn't do it any other way. Yeah. And it shows. And I, I think you're doing just that. I'm, I'm very sorry to hear about your father. That's awful, but I'm glad it, um, at least something good has come out of it in terms of uh, inspiration. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Yeah, of course. So when you say your perspective has changed, like what do you, how do you think your perspective of the beauty industry as a whole has changed since you launched the brand? 
You know, I think uh, so much has changed since 2020 overall in the space, to be honest with you. And having had, you know, that full year to, you know, just recently only being a year to, to really just see how, you know, people are adapting with the pandemic. I think it's added so much complexity, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, we're a color brand and, you know, we live our lives in masks now for the most part. So it makes it very difficult. And so you have this whole notion of, I want to focus on getting people product that, you know, serves a purpose. I want, you know, to really promote clean beauty and health and wellness and all this fun stuff. But at the end of the day, you also have to think about the times you're in and how practical products are for what we're dealing with. Right. And so, you know, I had planned to launch a lip category and I mean, it just did, simply didn't make sense because we all wear masks. And why am I going to gamble on having to compete with so many other brands in a time where that's the, the very last thing people are, are focusing on? And so it really made this year, I feel like, extremely difficult to navigate because trying to figure out what's next for color. Color took a major beating since the pandemic. It's been absolutely brutal. And and here we're launching a color brand during the pandemic. So it's like a lot of people thought I was crazy. And I'm like, I very well may be. But at the same time, I just really felt like if I'm going to do it, now is the time. And I did not know there was going to be a pandemic. So here we go. I don't so, think any of us did. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it definitely has, it. it's made me, you know, just try my best to look at the macro and micro landscape as best as possible, stay educated on what's going on. But at the end of the day, I also want to just keep doing what, what I think may happen in the future and keep, keep developing, keep moving forward and, and keep creating. Cause I do think makeup um, will make a resurgence. It's just a matter of, of when. Definitely. And honestly, for myself, even during the pandemic, the only thing that would make me feel better, regardless of going out or not, was continuing to do my makeup or like, you know, exploring, getting even better at doing my makeup and trying new products. So I definitely did not stop buying makeup during the pandemic, but I know, (laughs) I know some people did. I want to really celebrate this accolade because I think this is amazing. So LYS Beauty is the first black owned clean makeup brand to be sold at Sephora. So that, that is quite the statement. So how did this come to be? And honestly, how does that make you feel? It's really exciting. It really is. It's, it's odd to me to think that, oh my God, like we launched in 2021 and we're the first um, of anything is just, it's shocking, but I'm glad that we were able to break through a glass ceiling and allow, you know, a path to be blazed for more brands to be able to, to come through you know, that relationship was very interesting. I always, people ask me this all the time because Sephora is very difficult to get into. They are such amazing partners. I honestly, if I would have, if I would have played the lottery that day, I very well may have won because it literally was like the luck of the draw. I, I sent an email to a couple key executives there that I had scoured LinkedIn and all over trying to find email addresses, just guessing email extensions and all of that. And I just sent an email and I just, you know, uh, copied my deck and, and I just guess I sent an email at the right time on the right day. And I got a response back a couple days later. And I think it was just at, I was in the right place at the right time. Sephora 
has been such a pioneer in focusing on diversity and inclusion and the 15% pledge, as well as clean beauty. And so I think it just checked all the boxes for them. And I just I just happened to reach out at the right time. It was 100% luck. I, I, I know will, about that. I'm going to have to argue that with you. I, I know. I will it. say, like, some you're, people you're say. Like, maybe a little luck, but. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Luck. I think so, too. I'm not going to discredit. Like, it's a beautiful brand. I think we've done a really good job. And so I think that definitely, you know, without those things, it wouldn't have been possible. But I, I do I do put a little bit of luck. Sometimes I say I'd rather be lucky than smart. <laughs> I think you're both, so. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so let's talk about marketing and initiatives. What has been most effective for you? Has it been influencer marketing? Has it really been just, you know, ads hardcore? Or honestly, has it just really been, you know, partners like Sephora? You know, I think definitely Sephora brings a great amount of credibility, but I think, you know, we really came out of the gate blazing on social and building our community. Um, We launched an ambassador program really early on and got, you know, we have over a thousand ambassadors and these are consumers, not influencers. These are just, you know, day-to-day consumers who are, you know, preaching the gospel, as I say, you know, they're just out there sharing it with their family and their friends and their followers. And just, you know, they do it for, you know, whether it be extra discounts or opportunities to win, you know, free products or prizes and different things like that. Um, And some of them just for the love of the brand. Um, So that was something that worked really well for us. Definitely organically on Instagram, you know, we, we do a lot of reels and different content like that to really stay relevant. We haven't really broken through the TikTok element yet. You know, we're late to the game there where we need to get cranking on that. It's just a bandwidth issue. You know, we, I'm still the only full-time employee with, with a company. Yeah. Everyone else is part-time. Um, and I have six part-timers and then I do a lot of stuff with agency. So we are a very small, but mighty team, um, doing a lot to, to just to do what we've done. And so for me, I'm all about doing the right things in the right order. And so I wanted to make sure, you know, we were able to be, you know, effective in our, in our relationship with Sephora and our content creation and all of that sort of stuff. But now that we're scaling and expanding and and, and now we're able to focus on building out the team for 2022. And how, how big do you think you'll expand the team in 2022? You know, I, I, that's something I'm really working on. Like who is your key hire? Like, you know, I think my key hire is, is definitely probably on the marketing side, because I think there's a, a that's a huge part of what we do. I'm so um, hands-on in the development side of the business. And then um, my husband manages the operation side. So I feel that piece is, is very much managed and then we outsource the shipping. So I think marketing is where the expertise for me is going to be key because I mean, that's, that's essentially, that's where the heartbeat is for makeup for, in my opinion, for a makeup brand is, is really having effective marketing strategy. So, so I think that'll probably be my first, my first area. Absolutely. I mean, that's so, so important. So do you think you're going to focus more on the acquisition side or the retention side or what, what are you thinking? Definitely acquisition and retention too, for sure. I think, um, so for me, retention, 
optimization is really critical in our D2C business. And, you know, we have so many people that, you know, we get the eyeballs that come to our site that maybe we haven't captured. They just can't, you know, check something out or learn more, but maybe they don't make the initial purchase. And so definitely wanting to optimize really all of our D2C traffic. We've just had um, an astounding, in my opinion, just, you know, amount of people who have come to just check us out, but they haven't really done anything. So we need to optimize those folks and, and, and check back in with them. So that's really critical. But then also acquisition. And that for me is, is mainly going to be within my Sephora business because, I mean, it's just so costly to acquire um, for a D2C business now. And honestly, you know, it used to be, you know, D2C margins were so much better than, you know, your retailer margins. But now, I mean, it could be equal, if not way more, like trying to trying to get that customer to your website. And so it's just so much, it makes just so much more sense for us to acquire and focus on that strategy with Sephora. I mean, they're a mega partner with so many eyeballs, so many new customers we can touch there. So we're doing things like sampling and and that sort of thing, because I, I think it just, it just makes the most cost-effective sense for us. Definitely. And are you planning to expand into other retailers or? You know, not right now. You know, I, I just, I really truly think that I can get this brand as big as I needed to get, you know, within the next couple of years, just focusing on Sephora. I absolutely intend and plan to go to other retailers in the future, but maybe not so much right away. Like maybe we just, you know, another year or two, I don't know. It just depends on the right conversation with the right retailer. We haven't really been approached with that conversation as of yet. I think we, it just, we have enough to deal with, with Sephora and they are just the place to be. So it's like, I don't need to be, it's like being in a, being in a good marriage. He has a good job. He he makes money. He's handsome. boyfriend. Why do I need to go get a, what? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm okay right now. Like just, just chill out. Don't get, don't get crazy, but absolutely. We will. I, I imagine we will get to a point at some, at some time we, we will need to, cause I want to be a global brand. And so you know, if, if that means expanding um, distribution in the future, um, that very well may be um, something that we need to do. And I, I think you definitely will be. So um, moving into product. So for anyone who hasn't tried the brand, what would you say is your hero project? I would hero product. Um, I would imagine it's the triple fix serum foundation. It won the Allure Best of Beauty 2021. It's an honor. Yes. That's amazing. Like I feel like again, you've made so much traction so quickly. So what what should somebody try, and what makes it so unique? Definitely the foundation. It's so crazy because I probably have developed over a hundred products in my career. None of them have ever won an allure award, wow. and I literally launched my brand. And the first product that I create wins an Allure Award. It is so special to me and it definitely is so deserving. I, I mean, spend a lot of time on this formulation. It's awesome. I definitely recommend it. If you have normal to dry or combination skin, it's definitely going to be your best friend. It's skincare infused with amazing ingredients like ashwagandha, which is Indian ginseng. If anybody knows about ashwagandha, you're seeing it trending a lot these days, but it's really good for stress 
And so in the skin, it really helps combat um, sensitive skin. And if you have acne prone skin or rosacea or, you know, anything that's irritation in your skin, it's amazing. It has hyaluronic acid. So it's really good for hydration, especially if you're a drier skin type. It has turmeric, um, which is a great antioxidant. Wow, but also, that's interesting. Yeah, and turmeric is really great for brightening. And so it's amazing for hyperpigmentation. So um, it's a major problem for women of color. Hyperpigmentation is huge. It's, it's probably the number one skin concern for most women of color. And so it's really good. Um, turmeric is really good for that. And it, it's such a, just an amazing formula. It feels like a serum. So you kind of satisfy that skincare and foundation fix all in one. Most clean, lightweight formulas are pretty sheer. You can get a medium coverage, pretty, you know, pretty good solid medium out of our uh, product, which is really good because a lot of consumers like to do glam makeup, especially they, they love clean. They care about the ingredients, but most clean foundations are pretty sheer. And so we, we find that our glam girls really love our, our formulation because you can get that, you know, more, more coverage out of the formulation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just a really good product. People really love it. And then the packaging is, is pretty beautiful too. So it's like this great thing that you love seeing on your vanity. And, you know, it's this triangle frosted glass bottle that just feels super luxe and very weighted to the touch. So it just, I think it just checks all the boxes, to be honest with you. And it's only $22. Like, it sounds like I'm describing a $40 foundation. I know. But it's, it's only $22. I know that it's just, I think it's so great that it is in that price range because it just makes it so much more attainable for so many people. And it's like, even if people, let's say, can't afford more than a $22 foundation, I think they're happy yeah. to pay $22, especially if they're still getting the value. So, and if it makes your skin less stressed, you're very happy. That's uh, that's great. So um, looking towards this year, like what would you say your goal is of the year? So we, we actually are, um, by the time people are listening to this, we will have um, launched a new product, which is our triple fix full coverage brightening concealer. So we're launching the sister to the foundation, the concealer. I'm really excited about it. Um, it comes in 25 shades. It shares the same ingredient story strategy as the foundation. So they pair extremely well together. The finish is a natural finish and it's really awesome for under the eyes if you have uh, dark circles or if you um, have like acne spots like on your skin, it's great for micro concealing as well. So we're really excited about the formulation. The The foundation has more of a, more of a uh, radiant kind of skin-like finish, whereas the foundation is more of a I don't dare to use the word matte. It's not matte. It's more of a, more of a natural, natural, but more on the matte side. So together they're this just perfect harmony and it just gives your skin like this incredibly flawless look. So we're so excited about that. That is going to be a big part of the year. Um, and that we're going to focus on really pushing that product and the pair together. So we're really excited for that. Fingers crossed. Maybe we get another award for that one too. Who knows? Yeah. And then we're going to continue to focus on expanding distribution. Um, We just launched in Cult Beauty in the UK. And so we're going to be nurturing that business and yeah, just continuing to, yeah, just foster our Sephora relationship. Thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your story for anyone listening who wants to find out more information on yourself and LYS Beauty, where can I direct them? 
So on Instagram, the brand is at LYS Beauty Official. And mine is at Glamour Girl 5. Girl is spelled G-U-R-L. And then you can find us pretty much on those same handles on all other platforms as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Be sure to leave a review and subscribe to all future episodes. For show notes and resources mentioned, go to glamandgrow.co. This show is produced by Wavebreak. If you're an e-commerce marketing leader who wants to take your email and CRM program to the next level, schedule a call with me today at wavebreak.co. Thanks so much for listening. This episode is brought to you by Wavebreak. Most brands don't email right and it costs them. With ad costs getting more and more expensive, a world-class email and SMS program is essential. This is why Wavebreak exists. We're the premier email and SMS marketing agency that helps brands take their retention programs to the next level. If you want to learn more about partnering with us and how we can help, schedule a call with me today at wavebreak.co slash call.